Welcome to Tubular Connections, a series where we make meaningful connections in the HSS, steel, and engineering communities. Here's your host, Brad Fletcher, Senior Structural Engineer at Atlas Tube. Well, welcome everyone. Uh, welcome to this edition of Tubular Connections. I'm your host, Brad Fletcher. And uh, with me today, I have the pleasure of uh, Jim Moody and Jay Bowen uh, joining us. They are from a company called Giza Steel. And welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys uh, joining me today. And um, so, so Jim, you're the Director of Business Development for, uh, for Giza, correct? Correct, Brad. Yeah. And then, Jay, you said you're the Director of Engineering for, for Giza Steel. That's correct. Yeah. And you also said you're um, involved with a sister company. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so IDS is basically the sister company of uh, Giza Steel, which is the steel detailing and connection design company. And we are basically, you know, we use Giza almost all the time. Um, and my role there is, you know, I handle all the uh, connection design and miscellaneous steel design also uh, that IDS has. So. Okay. Great. So it's you know obviously it covers a lot of a uh, lot of avenues there between the detailing and the connections, but it's all very integrated. Correct. Yes. Excellent. So now, Jim, as your role in director of business development, I know you and I have gotten to know each other through our travels at various trade shows and and what have you. But uh, tell us a little bit about what your role as a business development is. Sure. My main role really is to evangelize the the product. Um, the name Giza is much you know better known than it was a few years ago so uh, just to expose the product to the market educate people what we're all about of course to to drive sales in the in the process of that but it's 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 been a, a journey to just make sure people have heard our name understand what we do and then of course how the product can help them so that's been my main focus Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the software side of the business is pretty competitive, uh, especially in the steel industry. So I imagine brand awareness is a huge part of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot out there that are already well known, and we're just trying to find our way into that into that knowledge base. Okay, great. Now, Jay, obviously, as a director of engineering, you're you're have an engineering background. You're you uh, are an engineer, I'm assuming, right? Correct. Yeah. Now, Jim, you're an engineer as well. No, I'm, I'm not. I, I came in the hard way. I came in as a detailer. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, well, in some ways, you're probably smarter than some of us engineers uh, <laughs> because you've seen how you've seen all the mistakes we've made on our drawings. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how did you how did you get into the the, the role of being a detailer? Um, oddly enough, I, I went to school for criminal justice and. Uh, I took a part-time job at a steel fabricator and uh, just doing data entry. And they convinced me that detailing might be something I would be interested in. So I gave it a shot and I ended up really, really enjoying enjoying it. Again, this was all manual detailing at the time. So I'm kind of exposing my, my generation a little bit, but um, all, manu all manual detailing. And I enjoyed it and, um, and that, that's really how I got into it. And then just that was a long time ago. And, and since then, I've uh, worn many hats and uh, played many roles uh, in, over the last 30 years. So, 
Yeah, well, you know, you, you, you say exposed generationally. Yeah, I'm probably pretty close to the same generation. And then, but, you know, sometimes I take really great pride in the fact that we actually had to do things by hand. And I think that, you know, there's a certain knowledge base that comes from having to get your hands dirty with the pencil and everything like that. Because um, I, I learned drafting, you know, on you know, vellum and, you know, HB pen pencils and all that, you know, number 2H and all that good stuff. And then having to do ink on mylar and, and, and you know, so I really feel like when I sit down to draft at a, you know, on AutoCAD, I really feel like I have some really good background on that front. So I, I, I think uh, some of this hand stuff, I think I still ought to be taught. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree yeah. at all. <laughs> so, Jay, uh, you know, what's your journey? Uh, how did you become an engineer and how did you end up on the on the software side of things? Yeah, so it. it rooted way back 2000 i i came from the philippines and you know i got my degree bachelor's degree in civil engineering in the philippines from there i you know i taught like three years teaching structural steel design in the philippine setting now tom vasmeyer he's the owner the late tom vasmeyer he's the owner and president of ids then then he set up a detailing team in the Philippines and he wanted to, you know, integrate connection design. He's an engineer. He wanted connection design and detailing side by side. So what happens is, you know, connection design is not well known in the Philippines back then, 2001 and 2004. So what he did was he basically took, you know, professors and these top universities who has experience in structural steel, teaching structural steel. And that's where I got the part. So I was a third, basically a third engineer. The, the two that came before me are also colleagues of mine in, in the university. So we started that connection design. Tom was actually the one, you know, training whenever we were in the Philippines. He is in the Philippines, so he will, you know, bring that stack of handwritten calculations. And that's where he, you know, teach me how to basically do connection design and sitting side by side with detailers. I understand how connections work. And from there in 2008, he, you know, he wanted to focus on sales for IDS. And that's where he brought me here in the U.S. Um, he wanted me to focus on handling all the engineering of the company. From there, I got my license in 2011 doing connection design on uh, basically all the aspect of connection design and engineering for IDS. The company is getting bigger and 3D modeling became popularly known in the industry. So he had that idea of why not streamline connection design and detailing inside IDS. And that's where basically we had that originally add connects, which eventually became Visa. And from there, you know, we, we've been trying to streamline our processes using this software and it's been working great great that's uh that's you know it's a great journey and uh to, to know that you know you came from another part of the world that uh, gives you some perspective i'm sure and uh when you bring that perspective to to an industry which you know i think really needs some more perspective uh, i think that's probably a really powerful powerful tool for you so, um, so let's talk a little bit about Giza. Um, first of all, where's, where does the name come from? I mean, it's an obviously a very interesting name, as I'm sure there's some history behind it. Um, you would think, yeah. <laughs> so, 
so it, it, and basically the short story is we hired a marketing company and and they had some general idea of Giza. Um, Giza itself synonymous with the pyramids in, in Egypt. So I think the, the idea was the longevity of the software, the solid foundation of a pyramid and kind of translates into uh, how we kind of view our software, our product and our and our people. So that's right. kind of where it came from. Well, that's interesting. I, I guess I wouldn't have, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the name Giza certainly, yeah, if you're familiar with the pyramids, that certainly evokes that. But I, I probably wouldn't have gotten there on my own. <laughs> our, our logo is actually the pyramid as well, so we get that question a lot. You know, how okay. how did the pyramids translate to your company name? So yeah, okay, interesting. Well, so well, more importantly, um, obviously we've we've touched on a little bit. It's it's a software program, and it, it obviously deals with connection design. But but tell us a little bit more about what Giza does and 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 how it fits into the uh, to work streams. Sure. So the, the main premise of Giza is that you're able to build a connection design library. So you're, you're able to put your member information into the software, your load information, and just select from a vast library of types of connections that you want to, that you want to implement. And we'll go through and we'll run all the design checks we'll, to AISC uh, standards, ASD and LRFD design methods. We'll provide full output of the calculations and we have various ways of, of getting the data in is the manual process. And then there's also some integrated processes as well that we that we use with Giza. Okay. And then it's, I'm assuming it's uh, integrated. You talked a little bit about detailing software. I'm assuming it's integrated with a lot of the, the detailing softwares that are out there. Yep. We have uh, our, our, our sole integration path is, is with Tecla structures at the moment. So. Um, that's that's our integration path, and with Tecla Structural Designer, those are our okay. two paths. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, as a structural engineer who used to work in design offices, and you know, you know, I would say ninety percent of the work I worked on, you know, we we delegated responsibility for connections. You know, while we did obviously some of the more complicated things and things that we really, really had to think about, uh, we did you know definitely push that stuff down the line. How? Um, is your customer base mainly uh, connection engineers, detailing engineers, or are you looking at designers as well? So our split, oddly enough, Brad, is 33%, 33%, 33%. I couldn't have done it if I tried, but uh, it's it's design firms, which is a hybrid of you know just structure design or connection design firms as well and detailing companies and fabrication companies. It's literally split by a third to each. Interesting, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that's that's a testament to the versatility of the software and, and you know that it obviously satisfies the needs because each one of those components is gonna have different needs and different desires from a product. So the fact that you can satisfy them all so, somewhat equally, that, that's pretty a pretty good testament to the product. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been an eye-opening experience. I wasn't expecting that, and I'm glad to see that it has flushed out the way it has. Yeah. So, um, so from a workflow perspective, so let's talk about those three different segments. Um, so, from a design engineer point of view, what are some of the advantages that Giza Steel would bring to somebody who's in the design phase or maybe doing construction documents, issuing for bid, things things like that? Sure. You you mentioned delegated design, so that comes up in in quite a few discussions. Uh, from the design office perspective, what we what we see Giza being used for is it allows them to 
do the connection design that they normally would do and just in a much quicker way, uh, a more efficient way to get it done. We also see them working directly with detailers and the fabricators. So the software is able to actually exchange connection data back and forth between a Giza user in a design office and then a Giza user maybe in a, a detailing office. So they're able to collaborate electronically and it saves a lot from a lot of time on the approval process and the submittal process. They're answering a lot of the questions on the front end as opposed to having to deal with them uh, through a paper trail later on. So the, the workflow is very flexible. Uh, we have companies that work it in many different ways and, and just having the ability to exchange files electronically just provides uh, more flexibility. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I think that's that's probably what we need these days. Is you know, number one, you know, obviously with all of us in this pandemic that we're in, and currently is you know we're all working from home, and so having electronic workflows and and easy electronic workflows, clearly that's that's a very powerful thing. I would also imagine that uh, at least this is one of the avenues that I push on a lot with engineers, is because we do delegate responsibilities sometimes for these these connections um you know standard connections you know they've they've kind of had their way of doing it and that's fine but sometimes we you know every time there's a maybe a special connection or a slightly variation of this of the standard you know we don't always check things we don't have time to check things we, we and we push things out the door that and then the fabricator struggles with having this tool that we allows you to quickly analyze and check a connection before and just so you're convinced that what you're giving the fabricator works that's probably a very powerful tool yeah and that's what a lot of our design firms you know enjoy using it for they just they just like having that that quick check yeah so then obviously this goes to detailers so having the interface between detailers and engineer that's a pretty powerful thing but how do detailers use it differently or how does this interact with how detailers use Sure. So another workflow perspective is that a detailer can drive the connection design. You know, they can use the tool to help them during their detailing process to validate connections, design the connections through through Giza, and it just helps them get from point A to point B faster uh, with their with their product. And we've had quite a few detailers actually tell us that it's helped educate them on how connection design works. They they were looking at it at first as just a quick tool to help them check that box on the connection design, but as they started using it, they started realizing, okay, you know, this is this is what this means and and this is how this af- change affects this part of the connection design. So for the, quite a few of our users, it's been an educational tool as well. Interesting, interesting. And then similarly for fabricators, um, you know, obviously the step between detailing and fabrication uh, you know, in the old days, I'm going to, you know, once again, I'm going to show my generational thing. You know, it used to be the detail and the fabricator were all kind of the same person, but that those roles have really kind of split with technology. And you know, sometimes detailers aren't even in the same place as the fabricator. So, how does the fabricator use it differently than the detailer? So, the the fabricator um, uses it really for two methods, two purposes. One would be on the front end, maybe during the estimating stage. They'll use it as a way to just validate and get the most efficient connections that they possibly can for their estimates. So instead of using a half-inch plate, they can run a design check and see that that they can use a three-eighths plate. Or instead of 10 bolts, they can use eight bolts, that sort of thing. So that's that's one way that they would use it. The other way is almost a mirror of the uh, delegation process with a design engineer as far as exchanging files. 
So many times the, the subcontract detailer will design a connection using Giza and then they want the fabricator to validate it. They want the fabricator to just make sure that they're heading down the right path. So they'll send the, the Giza information to the Giza user at the fabricator and then the fabricator can look at it. The fabricator can make changes if they want and, and kind of have that collaboration there as well. So that's the other, the other purpose that fabricators would actually have for, uh, for Giza. Okay. And does this, I mean, I'm assuming that uh, there's a way that this, you know, the information in Giza get, can get translated into, you know, because a lot of fabricators are going down the road of CNC and automation on their machines. I'm assuming this, this will talk to their machines. So Giza itself does not do the the CNC information. We just update the connection in the soft, the 3D modeling software and the 3D modeling software is what um, pushes the CNC data. Yeah. So that would be through the Tecla platform. Yeah. That would be through the Tecla platform. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So then how uh, I'm assuming, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I'm assuming there's an optimization methodology within Giza or is it kind of, or is that, is that automated or is that manual? How does that work? Yeah, it's, it's a manual process. So the user interface is probably our number one complement that we get from the user base. Uh, it's written uh, very easy to, to change the number, number of row of bolts. It's easy to see where you are in your limit states to see how over-designed the connection is. And it will actually tell you which limit state is the controlling factor in that design. So uh, very quickly, people are able to see, okay, I can, I can remove bolts, I can decrease welds, I can do this, I can do that. Uh, it is a manual process, but it's still a very quick process because of uh, how we set up our user interface. Okay, interesting. So, I mean, it sounds like it's a pretty powerful program. You know, I, I will admit I've never used it. I've, I've, well, I've, it's been a long time since I've done connection design in a production way. I mean, obviously, I do things now just to, you know, figure things out, but, you know, from a production perspective. But I would imagine uh, that you probably have, you know, you're always being asked to add more things. So, what kind of new and upcoming innovations do you, do you have in, coming in the software? We're very much market driven. Uh, so a lot of our enhancements that we've had in the past have been purely from our users asking for them. We see the latest topic of discussion is, uh, oddly enough, HSS. <laughs> so, That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, we have quite a library of HSS connections, but it, it just seems like you can never have enough. And, and when you think you have them all, someone comes up with a new one. So uh, HSS to HSS framing has been a, a very popular thing. And whether it's directly welded in a truss type or KY type of, of framing situations and also HSS uh, framing with shear, uh, a shear connection component. So those have been uh, the kind of the calls from the market for adding the types of connections to our library. I mean, this here. Here's the the loaded question here. So, what what's what's what do you think drives this? Uh, you obviously you're being asked to put more HSS connections. What's driving that demand? Do you think? I. Wow, that's I, I have so many answers to that question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, well, what I will say is that it, it, obviously projects, uh, more and more projects are uh, look favorably to HSS in the design process. Uh, historically, right? I, I come from the age where you know we we saw HSS on a design drawing and we started to panic, right? We're like, okay, the, there was a pricing consideration, and then and then there was an ignorance part of it, right? HSS, we've never used it. You know, how do we how do we deal with it? How do we process it? And I think all of that has gone away. You know, HSS pricing is is much more competitive, uh, as competitive as as other products, and 
fabricators are now more comfortable working with it. And not only that, the CNC technology that is now available for how to process HSS has has eliminated any kind of any kind of fear. So, I mean, as as the market grew more comfortable with using that that product, then it, it just started popping up more. And then our request became more and more geared around HSS. We have, I think, in the last three years, we've increased our HSS connection support probably by like 120 percent or so. Wow. So do you think you probably are one of the leaders when it comes to HSS connection design out there when the, on the software side of things? I, I, I believe we are. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know the specifics of, of all our, our competitor software out there, but from our user base that have used other products, they appreciate the the vast library that we have for the different HSS connections, but they always want more. Of course. Yes. Of course. So Jay, um, you know, from the engineering side and, you know, on the engineering side of, of developing software, what are some of the challenges with with the with the resources and the code things that are going on with HSS? I mean, do you see any hurdles there that can, we can remove or is it pretty much smooth sailing? Yeah, basically, you know, we, we ASE has, you know, greatly improved in a way the, the, the way they handle the HSS. Uh, but what, what, what sets us apart in, in Giza is we handle connections that we, we have local effects on the HSS that really are, I, I would say it's a moving target, but it, it becomes more complicated as we go on connections, specifically on where we have different loads on the HSS. And that's what Giza we go beyond what's basically in the AISC manual. We we call out the side deck, and that's a very good reference when it comes to HSS design, uh, specifically the side deck design guide three. And uh, like what Jim said, we we haven't seen you know we particularly how competitions do their HSS connection design, but in in what what I know with with Giza, we know that it's you know it's more precise and the level of detail that we have on checking HSSs is, is what sets us apart. But uh, I, I still see there's there's room for improvement, especially in the AISC, the 15th edition, where they removed that tables in the manual or in the specifications. But, you know, it's getting better, I would I would think. You know, here in Giza, what, what we do is we make ourselves, make sure that we have enough to... Uh, analyze these connections involving HSS. So, yeah, that, that's great. I mean, oh, that's, I didn't realize you guys uh, actually lean back on the uh, the CDEC design guides. I mean, that that's fabulous because you know, uh, for people who don't know the CDEC design guides, I mean, they're they're, they're tend to be viewed as European based, you know, design guides. Uh, they are Eurocode reference and all that kind of stuff. But the source information there, uh, which all goes back to the International Institute of Welding, it's the same source information that we use in the AISC code. So it all comes from the same place. So the fact, and and, and they are a little bit more thorough, and they dive into to subjects that the AIC code just ignores or doesn't right. address. Um, so to be able to use that, to lean on that resource, I think that's a great strength for your software. You know, so if people aren't familiar with those design guides. Uh, it's nice to know that the software incorporates that. So I think that's great. Yeah, it's a great tool. Yeah, now you mentioned uh, 
the 15th edition of the uh, uh, the manual or the you know the 2016 AIC 360, and mm -hmm. how some things were quote unquote removed from the from Chapter K, and uh, that 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 certainly is a uh, a very sensitive subject um, right. for those of us on the committee because. You know, we understand why we did it, but there's mm -hmm. the negative feedback has been very strong. Um, <laughs> so the, you know, we didn't necessarily remove information. What we did is we removed stuff that was duplicated. So there's wow. a lot of things in Chapter K that really were derived from provisions in Chapter J. So Chapter J's requirements, you know, were then duplicated and, and derived for the HSF's application. And while that simplified things, from a you know oh I use this for HSS. What we found is it kind of handcuffed a lot of people. They you know because there was a lot of, lots of you know the derivation of those formulas to, to be applied to HSS then had limits of applicability, and if people were not within those limits of applicability, they didn't know what to do. Right. And so we found that by quote unquote removing them from Chapter K and saying hey you got to look at Chapter J. We removed those lumps of backability because you, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe the number of times when people would come to us and say, well, my theta angles at 29 degrees and it says I'm limited mm. to 30 degrees. So what do I do? I don't want to violate the code, you know. So it's really kind of that kind of handholding that we had to to uh, to move away from. So so yeah, that's that's kind of a uh, I don't want to say a touchy subject, but it's certainly one that we've gotten a lot of feedback on. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and. Numerous times, you know, we, I've contacted ASC doing, you know, like asking this question, very same questions, and, and they responded very, very well. Um, it, it's basically, it's, you know, it's engineering judgment. Uh, it's not to handcuff you or some sort of things, but you can, you know, give your own judgment, which is, I think, what um, ASC, the 15th edition, the 2016 version, is really geared into the right direction, I would say. Uh, it gives us more flexibility, uh, more engineering judgments involved, and, and you know, CDAC, it's, it's a good one way to give more um, engineering judgments using more resources that, that will analyze connections more efficiently, so. Yeah, that's great. Well, it sounds like Giza is, um, you know, definitely capturing all of the, uh, the really powerful things that are out there. And it sounds like it's a great tool. So, you know, hats off to you guys for, for really pushing this thing forward. So when it comes to, uh, I guess, HSS, Jim, you said that you're, you're at constantly adding new things, but is there anything specific? Do you have any new releases coming up or anything exciting on the horizon? A lot of our users um, haven't started using a lot of the HSS library that we have, but we've been adding significantly to uh, the HSS column support. So connections into HSS columns are much more elaborate and extensive than we've ever had. Uh, as far as what's coming down the line, yeah, we have we definitely have gaps to fill in the HSS categories. Um, we have a lot of uh, interoperability and constructability enhancements coming out. We get a lot of requests for integration with other products, other engineering products. So we look into those avenues as well. As HSS, we've, we've got a long list of requests from our users. Yeah. Uh, so we're just tackling those, you know, as, uh, as they fit into our development cycle. So I think in the last probably eight releases, only Two of them didn't have any HSS components to them. The the rest of them all had some sort of HSS component in them. Great, that's great to hear. 
you know, we've we've got some exciting things going on at Atlas, um, you know, with the construction of our new mill, which we'll be coming online in about a year from now, uh, which will basically be producing the largest sizes available in North America. And so we kind of anticipate that more people will be using HSS as columns. So hopefully you've got some good column splice designs in your <laughs> in your software, because uh, you know obviously your software you know can be adaptable to any size range. You're not limited by that much. But column splices, I would assume, is a connection that's already in there, right? Yeah, so column uh, HSS column splices or HSS splices in general are not in the system yet, but okay. that that is definitely on the list. Okay, good, good. Like I said, a year from now, if I do my job well, we're going to be selling a lot more of large sections, so we might want to get that in the next update. <laughs> good. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what's the future hold for Giza just in general? I mean, obviously, well, first of all, I mean, we're in the middle of this very unique time. And I'm not going to use the word unprecedented because we're all sick of hearing unprecedented, but um, <laughs> it's a very unique time now with the pandemic. And, you know, we're not going to trade shows. We're not uh, interfacing on a person to person basis. So so how are you guys dealing with that? It's it's worked. It's worked well. I mean, I, I myself have always worked in a home office so that that there really was no transition for, for myself. What it has allowed us to kind of see is that uh, as design firms and some detailing companies and a few fabricators, not that many, but a few fabricators as they go back into home offices and kind of work remotely, what I've seen is that has allowed them to have time to look at uh, improvements, look at some kind of process improvements that they've been you know, lacking the time to do. I think a lot of that just comes from the fact that they're they're in a home setting you know, the distractions that come from working in an office, you know, a meeting here, people coming in wanting to talk about this, sometimes work related, sometimes not. So that has just, I think, allowed a lot of people to just compress their their day to get their revenue effort taken care of. But that now they have more time to actually look at look at other things. So it's from our perspective as a software provider, that's that's been actually the silver lining in this unprecedented cloud as as people have been spending more time so we're as with everybody else we're doing many you know online things uh webinars we've participated in some virtual expos and trade shows that were supposed to be in person but moved to an online format the aisc when they did their virtual uh, we sponsored a day uh, for that and we thoroughly enjoyed doing that our hats off to the AISC for the for putting that together they did a great job in doing that and and just uh, again moving on <clears throat> online to a lot of these events uh, is what we're trying to trying to just get involved with because that's that's where they're all moving they've gone from in person to online so yeah, and it doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. Uh, yeah. As you guys know, the NCSEA, uh, which was supposed to be in Las Vegas, uh, has now gone to a virtual platform. And I'm interested, I'm really interested to see how their their virtual trade show goes, because it's going to be open for a month. And uh, we're going to have the opportunity to actually interact directly with people through that. So I think that should be kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's one that we're interested to see how how it works out as well. Yeah, but besides going down the road of uh, having to be more online, and you know, and I and I I can agree with you that you know I've had some feedback from design engineers as well that for whatever reason they seem to be much more efficient now. 
I don't know if it's just because they're, you know, have, the focus is different, uh, the distractions are less, but I actually had someone say to me in a committee meeting I was in yesterday that, you know, they actually feel like they're getting more work done now, which I, I find very interesting because, you know, we're so used to ha sitting at our desks with our, our computers and our books and everything, and now we've kind of moved to a different environment and to, to think we're being more more productive, that, that it seems counterintuitive to me, but that has feedback has been. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so what else do you see in the future here? I mean, I, assuming we get past uh, all of this online craziness, what, what what does the future hold for for Giza? Continue our growth. We've uh, we've added to the sales staff, so that's been a need that has has uh, been filled. Um, obviously, increasing the product uh, as as much as possible. The library of connections is is always uh, expanding. Uh, our customer base, you know, we're we're very interested in 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 building some strong strong relationships. We have them already, but as far as uh, how do our users use it? Because you know, in the software world, you have an idea of how they should be using it, and then they get it, and then they use it in a completely different way that is mm. makes them twice as efficient that we thought they could get. So, you know, do some case studies, uh, see how our users are, are integrating it into their process. But personnel-wise, you know, we're in a growth mode, so we'd like to continue that. Our sales effort hasn't really been hindered at all through the through the COVID process. We've we've seen as many if not more online interest with our free trial that we offer uh, you can always tell when how things are going by how many people download the free trial and and that actually increased quite a bit um, when covid hit and people started working from from home offices so you know what what just product development personnel development and 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 customer feedback you know those are going to be you know our, our focus really as we move forward Excellent. That's great to hear. Well, guys, I, I really appreciate your time today. Um, this has been very informative. You know, it sounds like Giza is going to be the next uh, big thing when it comes to to connection design, and you're definitely going to be a competitor and uh, on on the forefront of this. And I'm re really encouraged to hear that things are are going moving in a positive direction for you. And mm -hmm. I really hope that in the near future, we can actually be eyeball to eyeball and <laughs> and enjoying each other's company during the breaks yeah. at some of these trade shows that we've, Absolutely. <laughs> we've been. So. Yeah. But no, I, I appreciate your time today, guys. And to our listeners, thanks for listening in today. Uh, once again, I, my, my guests today were Jim Moody and uh, Jay Bowen from, uh, from Giza Steel. And uh, thank you, guys, and I appreciate your time. Thanks, Brad. We appreciate Thanks, Brad. it. Yep. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Tubular Connections. You can learn more about designing with steel HSS at atlastube.com. 